For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. Well, the Clintons apparently have plenty of money to pay those bills with news that former President Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton reported that they earned more than $30 million since January of last year. In Waco, Texas, at a Twin Peaks restaurant, as many as five criminal motorcycle gangs started fighting over a parking issue. At least nine are now dead. The defendant claimed to be acting on behalf of all Muslims. This was not a religious crime. It was a political crime. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. In two years, I'll be 69. <laughs> Do you like that? Bill told me to tell that to young males. Good morning, it's 905 at News Radio 1067. Yeah, Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi, and frequently referred to as the Louis C.K. of talk radio. I have no idea why. I don't even know where the child molesters lived in my neighborhood, but we may get to that later in the show. There's so much to talk about. And if you, I know you're busy. I know you're running around. I'm so flattered, seriously, that you let me hang out with you in your car, at work, at home, while you're chasing the kids, whatever. But if you can be around around 10 o'clock, I've got a story I've got to tell you and I've got to ask you about from my weekend in uh, Colorado Springs. I was out at the big Weekly Standard Summit, about 500 people, and they were there to hear me and Bill Crystal and Fred Barnes and Steve Hayes and uh, Carla Fiorina came by and, and chatted up. We had a little private breakfast, if you know what I'm saying. And, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying, Michael. I speak English. Thank you. Uh, and uh, former Ambassador John Bolton. And, but anyway, it was, it was a lot of political geekery stuff going on. But as is almost always the case, and you know what I'm talking about, when you go to some big event like a uh, conference or convention or a family gathering, a wedding, whatever, the amazing stuff happens away from the action. The amazing stuff at a wedding is rarely the actual wedding, the I do part. There's always something, you know what I'm saying, something else. And so I've got a story to tell you about an encounter out by the fire pit at the Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs, which, by the way, is stunningly gorgeous. Absolutely. I just, I, wow, wow. It was just, it was amazingly beautiful, and it was, I was so lucky to be there. But I'm out by the fire pit with a, a cigar and a cognac, and some stuff happens involving Fox News' Steve Hayes and me and some drunks and a guy in a, in a uh, Elizabeth Warren for President T-shirt. And I just... It's too long for me to tell you here, and so the 10 o'clock, if you have time, because I, I want to know what you would have done and if you have had this experience. So that's coming up at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. I was also, yes, I was in the heart of 
of uh, herbal brownie country. I got to tell you, it was so tempting because I've never tried pot ever. I've never, I, I, when I had the interest, I didn't have the access. When I had the access, I didn't have the interest. I just never tried. And you're there and it's completely legal. And it's, you just, you know, part of me is like, dude, you just got to go try just, you know, what the experience is like. And so I want to, we're going to talk about that uh, as well uh, later in the show. And uh, you may have seen the video of the kid waiting to uh, talk to a counselor at Kennesaw State University. It has gone wildly viral. And uh, here, here's, uh, here's the audio from you. You can see it at my Facebook page. Michael Graham Show is my uh, Facebook handle. But here's the key part. Harass Mrs. Tilly like that. I'm not harassing no one. You are. I'm not. I can call security. You can fill out the form just like everybody else does. Okay, I mean, I'm just waiting to talk to someone. I'm not harassing no one, though. Sitting here until somebody's available is harassing them. That's not it harassing. It is. <laughs> Would you like for me to call campus security? I mean... I will go do that. Okay. <laughs> oh... He's sitting outside a guidance counselor's office. He's just literally sitting in a chair in an office waiting to see if someone can fit him in. That's all. And this Kennesaw State bureaucrat bureaucrat comes over with her hands on her hips and the little librarian finger wagging. And just I love his reaction to uh, to this statement. Sitting here until somebody's available is harassing them. Uh, no. And you can see he's kind of like. Is she right? I don't think that's right. I don't think it's everything you need to know about the current state of college education for our kids is in this story. Everything you need to know. Incompetent, idiotic bureaucrat. Did you hear the college student talk? I ain't harassing no one. Oh, really? You ain't harassing no one today? That's excellent. That's good. Of course, he's majoring in exercise science that's his major we're sending a guy to college to study exercising everything you need to know seriously it's all right there incompetent overpaid bureaucrat kennesaw state money funnel straight out of taxpayers pockets barely literate guy majoring in something that's a total waste you can learn it in six weeks in a you know in a tech program exercise science how to exercise Pick up heavy stuff, put down heavy stuff. Bend over, pick up more heavy stuff. You know, I mean, ah. so this, the story's gone wildly viral. People are trying to make a big racial issue out of it. It is not. It's about mediocre kids and uh, overpaid bureaucrats. That's what the real story is. And if it weren't for mediocre students, there would not be a Kennesaw State. Because that's, no, I'm, no, 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 I'm not being mean. There are, there, are, there are good students at Kennesaw State, whatever. But the reason why it's the biggest college in Georgia is because a bunch of C students are being sent off to college by their parents. And they got to go somewhere. And so they suck a gazillion dollars out of taxpayers' pockets at the st- Georgia level and the federal level by going to Kennesaw State. Other must-see video. And this is also up at the uh, Michael Graham Show Facebook page. And if you follow me on Twitter, I sent it out. I am M. Graham. So Loretta Sanchez is this loony far left. I mean, even for California liberal standards, she's like out there. She she's not quite Cynthia McKinney, but she would be sitting at the same table as Cynthia McKinney. And so she's doing a fundraiser and someone's, you know, camera shooting it like they always everyone's always doing it. And it's a group of uh, Native Americans, Indians. 
And so she's trying to explain who she's having this fundraiser with. And well, here I'll let uh, I'll let Loretta explain this. I'm going to his office thinking that I'm going to go meet with blah, 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 right? Because he said Indian American. Uh, I'm sorry. So who who were you going to meet with? Again, I'm going to his office right. thinking that I'm going to go meet with right. Did, he said Indian American. I'm sorry. Did you just describe Indians as really? And you're not even a Braves fan. I mean, I'm going to get. I mean, what was it? Season? So I'm going to meet with the. That's it. And so, uh, what about your meeting with the Asian Americans? So I'm going to meet with the ching dong ding dong ding. Really? That's that's where you are? I'm going to meet with the attack, you know, get in the trunk. Americans, you know, I I got a meeting with the Irish. You're like, have another drink. I mean, how serious? I don't even want to know how she would describe her African American. I, I don't even I don't even want to know where she gets there. The best part is she couldn't figure out that she had said anything offensive. So coming up, we're gonna play you the audio of a reporter trying to get her to talk about it. It is wonderful. But first things first. If you're listening to me right now and you are on I-285, 400, 20, 75, 85, and you are in the left-hand lane and you are going the speed limit, get the hell out of our way. My cry for justice on behalf of people who work for a living. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 919, I am Michael Graham. And if you are in the left-hand lane and there is somebody behind you going faster than you, get the hell out of the way. It's not just my opinion, although it certainly is at 844-404-1067, but it is the opinion of the state of Georgia who passed the Slowpoke Law last year. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. And the law says that if you are in the left-hand lane and someone approaches you from, you know, from behind, (laughs) should I rephrase that? This is a family-friendly show. Uh, your job is to get out of the way. Your job is not to camp out in the left-hand lane going the speed limit or sit in the left-hand lane going, but I'm already speeding. No, your job is to just, when you can safely do so, to move to one of the lanes on the right so that the person going faster than you can go past you. I think this is a fantastic law, and I love the fact that the Georgia State Patrol has now written 269 Slowpoke law violations, mostly right here in the Atlanta area. I think this is great. And my question is uh, whether or not you agree with me and whether or not you, like me, would like to see them writing more of these tickets. And what would your reaction be if you were pulled over by a statey who said to you, yes, you're absolutely right. You are going the speed limit. Here's your ticket because you are breaking the law. You don't have to go faster than the speed limit. You just have to get out of other people's way. Is this the right thing to do? 844-404-1067. I guess I would love to see the conversation but has with their wife or coworker. Why'd you get a ticket? I was going the speed limit in the left-hand lane. I, I would be there going, good, good. I'm glad you got the ticket. Pay up, pal. It's like uh, Steve McCoy shaving in his car this morning, which we'll get to in a second. He got pulled over. 
at the wee hours of the morning for shaving while driving. And was he was very upset about it, very cranky about it. Well, dude, you know. Uh, so why is it that I'm so happy? Is it because I'm a uh, uh, unabashed and unrepairable speeder? That could be part of it, yes. But I would like you to think about this not from my perspective. But from the perspective of the people for whom this law was passed, all over Georgia, you got people waking. And just since, since I'm a guy, I'll make it a guy. You got guys waking up at, you know, the butt crack of dawn. And they are looking at a day in front of them that simply doesn't have enough time to cover all the stuff they got to do. They've got uh, kids to get ready for help get ready for school. You know, the day and their wife, you know, they've got to wake up their wife, get her <laughs> headed for work. <clears throat> Get everybody's lunch packs, make sure their homework is done, make sure they've got all their stuff that they need for work. They've got to work a crazy number of hours because they have to work the equivalent of one full-time job to pay their bills and the other job to pay their taxes. And, Granny, I know it annoys you when you're going the speed limit in the left-hand lane and the guy behind you is going faster than you and he's flashing his lights. Watching, and I know you're sitting there clutching this steering wheel. Hey, these kids today, I don't understand. I'm already exceeding this boat's speed limit. You can just show slow down, young man. There's no reason going up. You know what that guy is doing? That guy is busting his butt to get to his maybe second job so that he can pay the taxes so that you can have the Social Security and the Medicare that you never paid for. That's what he's doing. You're in the left-hand lane whining because you want to go the speed limit to go to your Matlock Festival or wherever the hell it is you're going. He's the guy who actually pays your Social Security because you collected everything you paid and all the interest on it within two or three years of your Social Security check. So from now, the rest of the time, you are on Social Security charity. You are living off of other people's money. And that guy who you are trying to slow down is trying to get to his next sales call, get to his next plumbing gig, you know, get to his next job, get to his next work site so that he can pay the taxes so that you can have Social Security so that when he finally turns 65, there'll be nothing left there because you won't let us reform the system in the first place. So that's why you need to get the hell out of the way. You want your Medicare Part D? You want all your free stuff? Let people who have places to go get there. 844-404-1067. That's what drives me those crazy about this. The people who are complaining are the people who got nowhere to go. They're not in a hurry. <laughs> they got plenty of time. The people that are slowing down are the people who keep this awful, mediocre, no-job recovery economy working. So, so seriously, Gramps, you like getting your free check every month? then get the hell out of the way. 844-404-1067. My only concern is that they've only written 269 slowpoke law violations over the past nine months. That's not really very many. I'd like to see that number a lot higher, particularly based on the number of people I've seen clogging the left-hand lane uh, on uh, 285, 400, etc. 844-404-1067. Mark, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Right ahead. Hey, great show. Uh, I, I, I'm a approver of this uh, law because most of the times when you finally pass these people because they refuse to get over, mm-hmm. they get over right after you leave them. Yep. And, and so they're just being jerks to yep. not let you. They know exactly what you're trying to do. And, yeah, I would love to see the police officers uh, write more tickets so we I, can get through our conference. I want to see that blue-haired lady yelling at the cop on the side of the road, the same stuff she's yelling at me. Have you ever been in one of those interstate intervehicular <laughs> arguments, Mark? 
You yeah. can see them. Right. They're talking to you in the rear view. You slow down, young man. I'm, I've been driving since Roosevelt, and I've never driven this fast before. I love the people who, when you finally, finally get over, and you pass them, they look at you and shake their head like, shame on you. Shame, Mark. Shame. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for the call. No, shame on you, Granny, for slowing Mark down, because Mark's going to go chip in 13% of everything he earns off the top as a self-employed guy for money he's never going to see because Social Security will be bankrupt so that you can collect today. Get out of the way. That's all they're asking. Lisa is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Go right ahead. You are on the air. Oh, my pet peeve is to be in the Peach Pass Lane and pay my money to drive in the Peach Pass Lane. And everybody in the pitch pass lane going slow, <laughs> taking their time, taking their time. You would think that if they were paying to go and they have the chance to go, they go. go. You know what I mean? That's why you pay is because you're kind of exactly. you know with a quickness here. That's a Lisa. That is a great, great point. Thanks for adding that to the to, to the conversation at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. I think it is uh, a smart uh, road control. I think it's smart for drivers, and I think uh, it's a great policy. And I love the fact that Georgia is the kind of state that would pass this law. More on this coming up. Also, what, if anything, does the horrific crime out in Waco at the uh, Twin Peaks tell us about biker culture? I'd love to talk to some of you bikers on the road about that. It's all happening here on The Michael Graham Show. Good morning. It is 933. I am Michael Graham. So flattered that you are here. Stay tuned. Your chance to win free lunch coming up from our friends at Village Tavern in Alpharetta. That happens around 1145 when we jump in the lunch line. Right now we're talking about news that the Georgia State Patrol have been writing tickets uh, enforcing the slowpoke law. According to GSP, most of their actions up until now have involved education, explaining to people, no, you can't camp out in the left-hand lane going to speed limit. But the people behind me are breaking the law. It doesn't matter. You should move to the right and allow them to pass, even if that driver is speeding. That is the slowpoke law designed to cut down on dangerous, aggressive driving and to cut down on road rage incidents. I think it's a fantastic law. 844-404-1067. Do you agree, disagree, and I just, like I said, I'd love to hear somebody explaining their ticket to someone when they, I don't understand. I was driving the speed. I was speeding and I still got a ticket for going too slow. That's because you were. You're going too slow. And you, look, you can go the speed limit. It's called the right hand lane. You can go slower than the speed limit. It's called the right hand lane. You can drive eight miles an hour. It's called being in Colorado on Brownie Pot. Yeah, but you don't you can't do that in the left hand lane. That is the point at eight four 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 zero four one oh six seven. Um and uh speaking of the explaining the ticket, this morning uh Steve McCoy was explaining getting pulled by the cops uh at you know the wee hours in the morning because he was driving while shaving. And I thought it was another great story because what happened is that he he admits it, he weaved. He was shaving. He was taking a turn, getting off uh, at the 400 exit onto the was it Glen Ridge, I guess, whatever that exit right there to come to the radio station. And there's a kind of a big curve there, and he weaved a little bit. I love the fact that at 2.33 in the morning, a cop sees somebody weaving, and he pulls him over because I don't care why you're distracted. I don't care if it's because you're 
texting, <laughs> reading, uh, the lady in the seat next to you is making you very happy. I don't care what the reason is. If you're weaving around the road, that's bad. The problem isn't texting, cell phones, whatever. The problem is you're driving. Either you're driving safely or you're not driving safely. So the cop pulls him over. And, of course, at that time of the hour, uh, that, that hour of the morning, you're also thinking, why would you be weaving? Heading home from a little too much party. So it all worked. But did you notice Steve was really cranky about it? He was cranky. And, he was, and he, when the cop told him, well, I could give you a ticket. He was like, well, what do you mean you could give me a ticket? Of course you can give you a ticket because of your driving. There's nothing wrong. Look, I, you know, I give speeches and stuff sometimes. So you're leaving work. You know, you've know, you got your tux in the you know, back of the car and you're driving there and you, you keep the electric razor and you give yourself a quick, you know, clean up because you're going to be in front of this group. So you're absolutely right. You can shave and drive. It's not a problem necessarily. You can, you know, even put on mascara and drive possibly. Although most of the time when I notice it, you're doing a horrible job, ladies. But it's about the driving. It's not about the rules. You know what I'm saying? The, the, who cares? What the? I mean, the speed, is it 57 or 58? I don't know. People are trying to go. You're stopping them from going. You're backing up traffic. You're making it more likely people will choose to pass on the right, which also sucks. You're the problem. And to sit there with an indignant, but I don't understand. What do you mean it's illegal to shave while driving? No, it's illegal to weave around the road while driving. That's the problem. And it's and it's now in Georgia, hallelujah, illegal to be the cranky geezer in the left-hand lane lecturing everyone behind you about, you shouldn't be going so fast. No one drove this fast before Ike built that interstate highway. I told him that was a mistake. 844-404-1067 is the number, and Larry is on News Radio with Michael Graham. Hey, man, I'm I'm a full supporter of that law. I drive a truck for a living, and you just would not believe the stories I can tell you. What do you mean? Um, people see you coming, and they specifically get over in front of you. Yep. Uh, uh, people pass you and slow down and try to slow you down. And when you're driving a heavy truck, Sometimes to make it up the next hill, you've got to speed down the hill you're on because you don't have enough power to get up the hill. Exactly. And and that is, an, they are basically making a moral judgment about you as a driver. Right. Exactly. I'm going to force you to be good, mister. Force you. And it's dangerous. It's yes. really dangerous. And I, I actually live in Savannah. Uh-huh. And I, I-95 is, is as bad or worse than the, the 285 traffic. Wow. Because You've got the snowbirds coming up and down, uh, mm-hmm. especially the Canadians. They want to drive in the left-hand lane <laughs> and, and park, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it's just unbelievable. You just, like, like I said, people reading the books while they're driving, uh, you know, just Incredible. taking their time. Larry, thanks for the call. Keep it safe out there. And, this, and what he just described, that's what drives me crazy. The people who drive as as a form of mobile lecture to the people around them. This is the rate you should be driving. I don't care what you think of my driving. Just get the hell out of the way. Ken is on News Radio 1067. Yes, sir. Full supporter of that law. And and I can't tell you how many times I go to pass somebody on the right and they mm-hmm. decide they want to speed up. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows that the left-hand lane is for the faster, you know, faster right. traffic. So your point uh, is that you get people so, want to do their own thing. So your point is that you are going, you know, seventy, which is God's speed for all. Of that's what He wants us all to drive on the interstate. And there's someone going sixty in the left-hand lane. So you finally, when they won't get over, you finally decide to pass on the right, and suddenly they're okay with going faster. Suddenly they're going seventy now too, just to keep you from being able to get past them and get in the left-hand lane. That's what happened. That that that's right. And then as I'm trying to pass them on the right, and they speed up. 
Now they have two lanes blocked, and the people behind me are getting upset with me and the other guy. Why don't they just let you pass? Why do they care if you pass them? Jerks. They're jerks. I, I think you're right. I think that's part of it. And then there's part of it. People get their uh, uh, sense of self wrapped up in the you know the, the, the roadway politics. I'm not going to let you pass me. I'll show you who's the real man around here. Oh, cut it out. Just try, We're just trying to go places and to get there safely. That's all we're trying to do. Be efficient and be safe. Paula, you are on with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, Michael, you're awesome. (laughs) You you got a great last name, Graham. I'm a Graham also. Oh, excellent. Anyway, um, yes, we're awesome people. Yes, we are. Crazy awesome. But anyway, I agree 100% about the slow drivers on any lane on the freeway. If they can't drive any speed limit, They need to get off the freeway and go on the back roads. Because when you're driving down the freeway 70 miles an hour and there's somebody stopped changing a tire on 75, that is ridiculous. Get off the road. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. (laughs) And the swerving thing, anytime you swerve, you're going to get a ticket. Or you said, the officer doesn't know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Bam, yeah, bam, yeah. But I just wanted to let you know, I am disabled, and I would love to be able to be able to get up and go to work again, mm. and not use all tax dollars. <laughs> well, thank you, Paula, and and uh, and so there's so many people like you who uh, you know they have physical issues that are just there. There's just a natural truth for their lives they have to deal with. And thank you for stepping up and reminding people who do have handicaps parking permits. That doesn't give you permission to turn the interstate into a parking lot. If you can't drive fast enough, stay out of the left-hand lane or maybe even think about not taking the interstate at all. You know, there are plenty of surface streets. Uh, Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 949. I am Michael Graham. Publish 15 is the first of its kind annual publishing convention that will bring together experts and providers in the publishing industry. If you're thinking about writing a book, if you want to learn how to find an agent or be traditionally published or self-published, you need to be at Publish 15th on June 13th and uh, 14th. That's Saturday and Sunday, June 13th and 14th at the Forsyth Conference Center in Cumming, Georgia. And so if you are a writer, a would-be writer, I've got two tickets to the Publish 15 to give away right now to the third caller at 844-404-1067. 844-404-1067. Two tickets to the Publish 15 event in uh, coming on Saturday and Sunday, June 13th and 14th. 844-404-1067. So uh, many of you have been uh, texting me, emailing me, michael at michaelgram.com, about the uh, decision to give the death penalty to Zokar Zarnayev. And I admit, it is pretty surprising, given that in Boston, polls show that by a two-to-one margin or more, Bostonians oppose the death penalty for this dirtbag terrorist. And there's been a lot of conversation about why he did what he did and whether that should factor into it and giving him the death penalty. Here's just a little snippet of... What he wrote when he was laying in that boat, bleeding, hiding from the uh, cops about what they did. He wrote, this is Zokar Zarnayev, I'm jealous of my brother who has received the reward of Janatul Firdaus, inshallah, before me. I do not mourn because his soul is very much alive. God has a plan for each person, 
Mine was to hide in this boat and shed some light on our actions. I ask Allah to make me a Shaheed, to allow me to return to him and be among all the righteous people on the highest levels of heaven. He who Allah guides, no one can misguide. Allahu Akbar! That was the actual note from Zokar Zarnaev about the bombing in Boston at the marathon. Here is U.S. Attorney Carmen Ortiz describing the crime after the death penalty came down. The defendant claimed to be acting on behalf of all Muslims. This was not a religious crime, and it certainly does not reflect true Muslim beliefs. It was a political crime designed to intimidate and to coerce the United States. The U.S. government is killing our innocent citizens. That's how Muhammad would want it forever. When you hurt one body, a Muslim body, you hurt all Muslim bodies. The Ummah is beginning to rise. And what does the federal agent in charge of prosecuting this crime say about it? The defendant claimed to be acting on behalf of all Muslims. This was not a religious crime. What more could this guy do to make the Boston Marathon bombing a religious crime than to say, hi, this is a religious crime. We are promised victory and we will surely get it from Allah. Uh, All credit goes to Islam. Stop killing our innocent Muslims and we will stop. And yet our lead prosecutor says that this was not a religious crime. The brother traveled to uh, Dagestan to hang out with whack job Islamists. He posted videos praising whack job Islamism. He got in shouting matches at his mosque because he was so extreme in his Islamic jihadist faith. And then the brother actually writes that Uh, I wish I could have done the same thing. I wish I could be a religious martyr in the name of my religion. And we have to listen to soon-to-be politicians tell us this. The defendant claimed to be acting on behalf of all Muslims. This was not a religious crime. 844-404-1067. You know... Uh, the head of ISIS just released an audio tape over the weekend explaining how what ISIS is doing is all being done in the name of Islam, explaining the Quranic teachings that ISIS is using to defend their stuff. And then I have John Kerry and Barack Obama and U.S. Attorney Carmen Ortiz telling me, oh, no, 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 that's not Islam. Who are you going to trust? The lifelong Muslim scholar or the uh, yacht-driving Secretary of State. Of course, it was a religious crime. Of course, it was done in the name of Islam. 844-404-1067. We're also talking about the Slowpoke Law, which is finally being enforced. I think it's a wonderful thing. If you're in the left-hand lane, you got to get out of the way. Kelly has some real live experiences to share with us. Kelly, thanks for the call. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Go right ahead. Well, I have an 83-year-old father who again, was around when the highways were built, and he is what is known as a hypermiler, which is getting the most out of every gallon of gas by reducing acceleration, deceleration, just keeping your speed steady, Mm -hmm. no matter what, no matter who, it doesn't matter. Drives me crazy, (laughs) crazy, crazy, crazy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Does he do, he doesn't have uh, a manual transmission, does he? He at least has an automatic transmission. Because if he has the yeah, manual, no. he's probably the guy who's slipping it into neutral and coasting so he can get oh, a yeah. few. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, even with the automatic. Oh, yes, he what? is. He's that guy. No. 
Well, what it happens t- for Ben if he's a passenger mm-hmm. when someone else is driving. Oh, he will tell and them. He hits seventy. Oh my gosh! I'm like, Dad, go to sleep, <laughs> please. Go to sleep. It's all good. I'll what's he, what's let me ask you this? What's he going to do when he gets pulled over for going the speed limit in the left hand lane? Oh, I have no idea. I'm just trying to figure out the conversation in my head how to approach this with him and like save him the ticket. A uh, very good idea. That's he a, has a girlfriend now that uh, lives like 50 miles away. Uh huh. So he's driving to and from. And I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this? I just hope when I'm 83 that I'm still of some use to a girlfriend who's 50 miles away. That's you just you've been you've inspired you and your father have both inspired me. By the way, congratulations to Barbara West from Noonan. She'll be attending Publish 15, the two day publishing convention with 20 different workshops for writers and would be writers coming up on uh, June 13th and 14th in coming Georgia. My email is Michael at michaelgram.com, so you can communicate with me anytime during the show. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter. I am M. Graham. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up in the next hour. If you haven't heard the congresswoman describing American Indians as voters, I kid you not. It is fantastic audio. You can see the video on my Facebook page. Uh, More on the Kennesaw State harassment story, alleged harassment story that's gone viral because it tells us everything you need to know about the current state of college education. But I've got a real live behind the scenes story for you that involves me. Steve Hayes, he's on Fox News all the time. He's on Special Report with Brett Baer. He was uh, one of my fellow panelists at the Weekly Standard event this weekend. And we had an encounter, an encounter after it was all over that should have been kind of like the high point. Cigars and booze and a fire pit in the beautiful Colorado uh, mountains. And uh, a guy in Elizabeth Warren for President t-shirt shows up, shows up, and then something bizarre happens. And I will tell you all about it, what I did, what Hayes did, the whole bit, coming up here on The Michael Graham Show. And ask you about your close encounters of the liberal kind. It's all happening on News Radio 1067. It was only six years ago, not a hundred years ago, that the Democrats passed the largest infrastructure spending bill in the history of the galaxy. Even the Klingons never spent $830 billion on infrastructure. That was going to rebuild America. Remember the roads, the ports, the airports, the bridges. Well, where did that money go? Mm -hmm. But they are always at the trough again for more money for infrastructure. It shows a brain-dead liberalism that has no other answer to every other question. It's 10.05. I'm Michael Graham. That was Charles Krauthammer. He was one of the speakers at the uh, Weekly Standard Summit event that I attended last week, which is why I missed a couple days with you here. Had a great time. And I got to hang out with him and Fred Barnes and Bill Crystal and Steve Hayes and some drunks and a guy with a uh, Liz Warren T-shirt. And it was a fascinating uh, event. Uh, I've been to Colorado before. I had been to Colorado Springs before, in fact, uh, did stand-up comedy there several times. But I'd never been to the Broadmoor. And people had told me, oh, my gosh, Michael, it's an amazing resort kind of place. And, and it was absolutely gorgeous. I was able to take uh, Buttercup, who has never been west of Ohio. And she, it was just, you know, just phenomenally beautiful. We, we uh, intentionally flew into Denver instead of Colorado Springs so we could take that about 80-mile drive. And she could see 
just the countryside. And you can see Pikes Peak off in the distance and the Rockies. And, oh, it was beautiful. And we had a wonderful time. We we lived the uh, ultimate right-winger cliche. We got invited up to this billionaire's hunting lodge in the mountains where the walls were covered with, you know, stu- dead animals. And we were surrounded by all these affluent, you know, Republican donors sitting around talking politics and plotting uh, it was kind of the Illuminati versus the Trilateral Commission fight. We had that going on. And we had a round of charades where we had the neocons versus the paleocons. It was very bizarre. Uh, no, but it was. It was it was a terrific event. Very social, very fun, informative too, but, you know, a, a light, fun time. And so the end comes. And I told my lovely bride, I said, look, we've had a great time. We've done everything you want to do. We went to see everything. When this thing is over, we have our dinner I'm going out to the fire pit to smoke this premium 1926 Anniversario Padron that you got me as a gift and have a little cognac and enjoy the last night. So I go out and it's great. And there's some people from the conference. Oh, Michael enjoyed you. And so we're talking. And I, and I find myself uh, at this outdoor fire pit, which, which is very much a social spot for this event. Uh, you know, some locals, locals come and eat at the restaurant there, you know, just, just to go and dine and, and roam around a bit. And so there, there are these four well-oiled people, two couples, Steve Hayes, the Weekly Standard, who's also having a cigar with me. And uh, we're all talking, and it's getting a little loud and, and fun. And, but, but I know we're loud. Look, I'm loud. We know we're loud. And we've been there about 45 minutes, different groups coming up in politics. With, oh, you're here with the Weekly Standard? What is that? Oh, Republicans, Democrats, whatever. So there's this group that knows that we're a bunch of conservatives. And particularly with the... F- two inebriated couples who are, they are more enthusiastic than they are well-informed, and they are very loud and very dismissive of President Obama, whatever. So this guy comes lumbering over, and he's, I'm six four ish in that ballpark. This guy's at least as tall as me, if not taller, easily 50 to 70 pounds heavier than I am, and he's got his Elizabeth Warren for President t-shirt on, and he comes over and he puts his foot right up on the concrete wall. And he looks around at everyone. And it's just, I mean, he's, it, it is, it is, I'm here to provoke you. Now, I will tell you, if you listen to the show, you won't be surprised. I kind of admired that a little bit, the fact that he was not, and I was like, okay, this, this could be fun, you know, let's have a conversation, whatever. So the first word, when he's, when the conversation starts, the, when the drunk says, well, you weren't, the that for Well, uh, why aren't you, that was, was, why aren't you a conservative? First sentence out of his mouth. Well, because I don't hate brown people. And I don't run around full of hate and attacking people. And then he says some other stuff, but I didn't even hear it because I just couldn't get past that statement. Now, as the guy talked, it turned out that he he's a professional. He's got an education. It wasn't some, you know, rube or whatever. In fact, he alleged that he was in the PR business, although based on what I saw, he has to be the worst PR guy in the world. And they, st- they start talking about taxes or whatever. And the guy says, what do you know about tax? Once again. Uninvited there, we're just all sitting around talking, but I'm I'm open to a conversation. Sure. I love I love talking to people who don't agree with me. But he tells this drunk, I point I pay more taxes in a month than you earn in a year. Once again, we don't know each other. And this guy walks over, and the first sentences out of his mouth are you're racist, your haters, and your whatever, you know. Blue collar, you're low earners. You you aren't financially successful, and he's there promoting his world. He's got his big Liz Warren for president T-shirt on. So there's there's no subtlety, you know what I'm saying? I mean, in fact, I figured out 
that apparently he went back to his room. He was staying in there after he heard the conversation. And he put it on specifically to come down. And uh, he said uh, something on the lines of, you know, t- taxes and blah, blah, blah. You want to pay more taxes, blah, blah. I'm not like you people. I love everybody. And so I'd been, believe it or not, I'd been sitting quietly, in part because it was so much fun watching the drunks and this guy lately on each other, in part because, I look, I'm, I'm on you know, kind of a vacation. You know, this is my, I got my cigar, which is the kind of cigar I can't normally afford, you know, so it's a little special, and I've got my cognac. I'm trying to, and Steve Hayes and I are looking at each other just shaking our heads. And after he says that I love everybody, I can't resist. I say, well, if you love me so much, why keep taking my stuff? He goes, what? I said, well, yeah, you just said you love us all, but you also want to take all of our money or as much money as you possibly can because we're all so wildly under tax. So well, if you love me, why would you take my stuff? And he just looks at me and says, well, uh, uh, you're just a hater. And I said, you know, it's interesting that you know that about me because I've never seen you before. And yet you walk over and you know for a fact that we're all racists. And you know for a fact that we're all haters because we disagree with you on top maximum income tax rates. It's amazing how you can tell that based on someone's marginal tax rate position, you know that they are, in fact, secretly Klan members. And he says, I never said that. I said, the first words out of your mouth was, first words were, you all hate brown people and you're all full of hate. That was your first sentence to us. And he just stands there. And and then (laughs) the drunks who were not handling the argument part very well. They seized upon that and said, yeah, yeah, and they start shouting the F-bomb. We're sick of you. You come here and call us racist. Go F yourself. And then go, oh, F you. And I'm not leaving. You're going to have to make me go. Oh, this is, so this is how it's going to end. We start off with Charles Krauthammer and John Bolton discussing the niceties of U.S.-Israel policy. And we end with drunks in a fire pit rolling around on fire, spilling my cognac. <laughs> my talk show host Michael Graham arrested today after an altercation in but I just sat there, you know, before I finally got in and said something. And uh, this guy was completely comfortable with his, he was from Seattle, Washington, he pointed out, with his uh, college education and his support for Liz Warren, which is all fine, and his apparently prosperous business and his affluence. It was great. Coming over and telling a bunch of people, I know your haters because I know that you don't agree with my politics. That's all I need to know. I know you're, the conversation had nothing to do with race or anything else. It was all, you know, it was blah, blah, just, you know, people who, you know, it is. You meet people at a bar, restaurant, or for the first time. It's all very chatty and fun. And, but just because it was your, you don't agree with my politics, I know you're a hater. I would love to tell you that I was surprised by that. I'd love to tell you that it was just, that this guy was some kind of freak. And what kind of weirdo? But unfortunately, I can't tell you that. Because, like many of you, I hear it all the time. All the time. You meet someone, and for whatever reason, something about politics comes up, and they figure out that you don't agree with them, that you don't support the Obama policies, or you are, you know, you're not a liberal, or you're a conservative, or you listen to talk radio. And they immediately, immediately declare that they know your soul, and that they know you are full of racism and hatred. And so... While it was one of the most egregious examples I've ever seen, it was certainly not the first. And I'm wondering how many of you have had similar circumstances where you suddenly found people insulting you in one of the most, like, vicious, mean-spirited I mean, calling someone a racist in American 2015 is, 
It's, it is one of the strongest charges you can make against somebody. Calling someone a hater is really, you know, that is, that is you know, the, the, the coin of the realm for, you know, abuse in American so, social society today. How many of you have had a similar situation to the one I had on Saturday night where people decide that because they know their, your politics, they know that you are a bad person. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Michael Graham, Braves fans, all season long when the Braves score five or more runs, you score at Express Oil Change and Service Center with dollars off their full-service oil change. Braves shut out the Marlins, 6 nothing, which means you save 6 bucks off a full-service oil change at Express Oil Change and Service Center today. And if you stop by the one on Holcomb Bridge Road, please tell Bert and the gang that I said hi. 844-404-1067. I just recounted the story of what happened while I was out at this event in Colorado over the weekend where a uh, guy heard people talking, heard they were conservative, came over with his Elizabeth Warren T-shirt on and declared literally the first sentence out of his mouth, well, I'm not a conservative because I don't hate all brown people. And I'm not a conservative because I'm not full of hate. And I'm just wondering how many of you have had this situation where you meet somebody, totally social setting, they, they, they know nothing about you, you know nothing about them, and they just, hey, oh, oh my gosh, you're a Republican? Oh my gosh, you, whatever, <laughs> support you know, Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, you're a hater. What's wrong with you? And I, I wish I could say that that the the fact that the story almost ended up being a uh, fist fight was <laughs> unusual, and that security had to be called. That was the unusual part. But the rest of it, particularly those of us who have ever lived in blue state, the the blue state community in the United States is so wildly intolerant and and this is nothing new people have been making jokes about the intolerance of the left for years where's wendy oh she read dan's article on abortion and decided she could not in good conscience eat with him that's rude i don't think so where do you stand on capital punishment dan i don't really think this is the time of the all right all right he is for capital punishment uh so uh, that's a scene from the movie he said she said where you know the guy shows up i can't have dinner with you because i disagree with you about abortion really you really you, you can't and i've been to dinner parties where once people found out you know my my vague generally my political views the dinner party essentially ended I, it's all i can think is what what it's just politics that's all it is. It's just politics. So what if you disagree with somebody on taxes or disagree with somebody on Obamacare? It's just politics. But for so many people on the left, it's not. And this is my contention, and I'm open to the idea that I'm wrong, but uh, uh, there's polling data that confirms it, that people on the right are far more tolerant and willing to hear the opinions of people on the left than vice versa. And that's that's uh, there's like I said, there's polling data, but there's also my personal data. I've almost never found a group of people on the right who were, you know, I, I can't eat with you. I've, I've, in fact, I don't know of a single incident. Now, that doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but just I'm, I've never had someone have a single incident where they've said to me, yeah, I was going to have 
you know, whatever, you know, go play golf with so-and-so, but so-and-so found out I was a liberal and he wouldn't play golf with me. Yeah, I was going to go, you know, to, you know, have lunch, and then so-and-so found out I was a liberal and he wouldn't have lunch. I've never heard of it, but I've heard of numerous incidents of so-called open-minded liberals doing exactly that. And so I'm curious if you are surprised at all about what happened to me and if you've had similar incidents, what happened and how did you handle it? Because at the end, when it started to get violent, so I was looking at Steve Hayes, and I, I, I said, dude, are we going to get up and throw down on this thing? And then we just said, look, guys, we're just out of here. And we just left. They drove us away from my, my end of vacation cigar and cognac cut short because of screaming, borderline violent people yelling and fighting over politics. And I was like, so we should we get in on this? But why? Why? Of all the things I might fight about, it's not just going to it's not going to be over, you know, Democrats versus Republicans. Tom, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hi, Michael. I'm calling from the uh, liberal bastion of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> How you doing? I, I miss you up here, <laughs> but I follow you on uh, on the on the apps. Right. I used to I used to be one of those guys who criticized Republicans uh, when I found it was when I was in college. I worked at the Cheers bar, and uh, Newt Gingrich was coming to stay with the owner, and the right. kid who worked the door with me was a BUBC kid, and he said, oh, I'm all excited. Newt Gingrich is coming to stay. I said, well, what are you, a Republican? He says, yeah. I said, oh, gross. <laughs> he, says, he said, why? What are you? I said, I'm a Democrat, and I know, forget it, because I say it to everybody now who tells me they're a Democrat. He looked right. at me and said, well, why are you a Democrat? And I, I, I couldn't tell you why. All I knew is that my parents were Democrats sure. and grandparents. That's my favorite thing to ask liberals is to say, why are you a Democrat? And most of them, their fallback will be abortion. But other than that, most mm-hmm. of the people that I know that are my age in the 40 range are probably more conservative than they, wanted, than they want to admit. Sure. And, of course, this guy's answer was when they were asked, why aren't you a conservative? Because I don't hate people. And I think you're going to find more and more, Tom, as you ask that question, that that's the answer you're going to get. And it makes no sense, particularly given that right now at our most liberal institutions, it's people on the left who are saying you to, to young students, you are a qualified student, you have excellent grades, but we're not going to admit you to our school because you're the wrong color. In fact, Harvard just had a second lawsuit filed against it in a month over rejecting people for being the wrong color. Why is liberal Harvard rejecting people based on skin color? You'll find out coming up. I'm Michael Graham. It's 1035. I am Michael Graham. Welcome to the show. You can be part of it by emailing me, michael at michaelgraham.com. Follow me on Twitter. I am M. Graham. And in about an hour and 10 minutes, your chance to win free lunch coming up uh, courtesy of the uh, uh, Village Tavern today, this week. Oh, new host. Fantastic. Village Tavern up in Alpharetta. That sounds good. Uh, so... I share with you my story of the guy showing up at this event, finding out that we were conservatives and instantly saying, well, you're all a bunch of haters. You're all racists. And I make more money than you, which is pretty <laughs> on one level, astonishing and another level, typical me. Meanwhile, while you have this one hand, this assumption of hate, who are actually doing the hate filled things or, or put even more accurate, who are the people living off of racial Stereotypes say uh, Congresswoman Loretta Sanchez running for U.S. Senator in deep blue California. I'm going to his office thinking that I'm going to go meet with uh, right because he said Indian American. 
She's describing how she was going to a fundraiser and she was trying to, uh, and who she expected to meet. She was told that she's going to be meeting Indian Americans. So as she so graciously put it, she thought she's meeting the, I am not making that up. Listen to it again. I'm going to his office thinking that I'm going to go meet with, right? Because he said Indian American. I mean, it's one thing to do dot, not feather, which is the usual translation. You know, we do the little hand signal, dot, not feather. But to actually get full on the woo, 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 really, this was so shocking that her opponent, when she was asked about it before she'd seen it, couldn't, I mean, she, she almost couldn't process it. Um, I, you know, I don't know what to say to that, except that, um, that, would, that, that, that's, that was shocking. That's shocking. <laughs> So uh, Congresswoman Sanchez decides that this has nothing to, you know, what are you talking about? There's no controversy here. So a reporter who's seen the video tries to approach her. This is the audio as, uh, and uh, Soccer Boy, have you seen, you saw the video, right? You saw the video? Yes. She's literally running. Like, I don't mean walking fast. She's running, like running. She, she's to get she's away. in training. Yeah, she <laughs> She's just, she can't answer the question because how do you explain? So this is how you describe Native Americans. This is deep brew liberal California. So listen as she runs and squeals like a little girl trying to get away from a reporter asking about it. Ms. Sanchez, you made a gesture that some people consider that gesture you made it as offensive. Do you do you feel like you took that back? <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. I've got the phone video up on the Facebook page, Michael Graham Show. She's actually flailing her hands, flapping her I don't la, 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 la. I can't do this right away. I can't hear you. La, 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 la. Listen to it again. Ms. Sanchez, you made a gesture that some people consider that gesture you made it as offensive. Do you do you feel like you took that back? Yes, proud leadership for the 21st century. Yes, it was, a good, it was a good strategy. It, well, it worked. It worked. It got her away. I mean, you couldn't get an answer, but eventually she came out and apologized. Uh, you know, after the fact when she was cornered, she was forced to apologize. So why are you surprised if I told you that there was a prominent American university that was discriminating against people based on skin color? And telling people, you can't come to our school, you're the wrong color, even though you are incredibly qualified. Would you assume that I was talking about a conservative, maybe religious-run school? Me neither. Other than Bob Jones, which doesn't do that anymore. You know, there isn't one. But if I told you that a prominent liberal school like Harvard University was discriminating against people based on what they look like, and keeping them out. Would you be surprised? More than 60 Asian American organizations representing thousands of Asian Americans has filed a complaint with the federal government alleging that Harvard University discriminates against Asian Americans in the admissions process and calling for an investigation. And let me stop right there. It's not an allegation. Harvard University does discriminate against Asian students and it discriminates against them because they're Asian, because they're yellow, because they're the wrong color because of their race. Quote, over the past two decades, Asian American applicants to Harvard University and other Ivy League colleges have increasingly experienced discrimination. Many Asian American students who have almost perfect SAT scores, top 1% GPAs, plus significant awards or leadership positions in various extracurricular activities have been rejected by Harvard University and other Ivy League colleges 
while similarly situated applicants of other races have been admitted. It's so well known that elite schools will stop top candidates from attending there who are Asian so that they can allow other students who are in the 80th, not the one, top 100, not, not the, I'll, I'll, let me flip the numbers, not the top 1%, but the top 20%. So you are in the top 1%. Perfect SAT score, amazing GPA, you're in the top 1%, and you don't get to go. But another guy who's at 20%, he's 19 percentiles behind you, he gets to go because he's the right color. That's American liberalism at the academic level in practice today. And liberals are going to court to defend it. They're demanding. You're absolutely right. We can't have too many Asians in our group. What? They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not shy about it. We can't, we can't have too many Jews in our group. Once again, no embarrassment about it. How can you say that? When I was in Charlotte, when I first started doing talk radio, they had magnet schools, and the magnet schools were great, and they had math magnet and English magnet, and there were magnet schools where kids were turned away because they were the wrong color. The school decided that there had to be a racial you know, makeup of the school, and in, the ca- in this case, the downtown urban Charlotte schools, the, the issue was you were too, the schools were too black. You had talented black male students who wanted to get into a premium math, you know, curriculum when they were in the sixth grade, seventh grade, whatever, you know, their parents wanted them there to change their lives. And they were turned away because there were already, quote, too many black kids, close quote. Not surprisingly, the school system run by Democrats and liberals. No conservative organization is going to say, you're a great student, but I'm sorry, you're the wrong color. You can't sit in here. That's never going to happen. It is only the left in America that tells black kids, sorry, no more blacks allowed, too black. Sorry, no more Asians allowed, too Asian. No, no conservative group, no Republican group is going to do that, period. It's all our friends on the left. And by the way, I'd love to know at 844-404-1067 if you think that Harvard and these other schools are right. You think that it's possible for a classroom to be too wrong-colored and therefore people should be admitted based on color. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1051. I am Michael Graham. The phone number 844-404-1067. So Harvard University being sued twice in one month by thousands of uh, representatives, uh, uh, representatives of thousands of Asian Americans because Harvard openly discriminates against Asian students, as does the University of California system, University of Michigan system, and a bunch of others, too. And they're doing it because they claim if they didn't, the classes would be, quote, too Asian, close quote. And that's a phrase you'll only hear from the left. I've never, ever heard from the right, ever. Is that the right thing to do? Should a less qualified student be given the slots? And, and for those of you who support this, and once again, a lot of people on the left do, I just, I'd like to hear what, how you would say it, what you would say to the mom of that Asian kid who was denied an Ivy League education because of their... Ethnicity. Just tell me, how would you say that, mom? mom this is why your, your daughter, you know, whatever, Quan Lee, can't go to school because 
Phil Jones and Susie Smith have to go, and they're the right color. Jose Martinez and LaShonda Johnson, they're, they, they get to go because they look right. But sorry, your daughter, Quan Lee, she looks all wrong. I just, what would that conversation go like? 844-404-1067. Not that what's happening in college, once you get there, is any great shakes either. I, uh, one of the people I met at that fire pit I told you about, as as different people kind of circled in and out before things got wild, there were a group of people celebrating a woman's MBA. She's gotten her MBA the day before. And the first question was, well, what are you going to do? And she said, I she said, I have to be honest with you, I don't know how to do anything. She told the story of somebody being uh, told to send a fax. And the answer was, I have an MBA. And she first, when she first heard that, she thought what he was saying was, I have an MBA, I'm too good to do something like that. What he meant was, I have an MBA, I don't know how to send a fax. I don't know how to actually do anything. And that is the natural truth of the state of American education. There's been a lot of, uh, of Internet buzz and a little bit of media buzz about the Kennesaw State story. You know, the kid who's waiting for his guidance counselor and another guidance counselor doesn't like it. And so she approaches him and she's got this to say. Harassment is totally like that. I'm not harassing no one. You are. I'm not. I can call security. You can fill out the form just like everybody else does. Okay. I mean, I'm just waiting to talk to someone. I'm not harassing no one, though. Sitting here until somebody's available is harassing them. That's not it harassing. It is. Would you like for me to call campus security? I mean... I will go do that. Okay. I, you can hear this voice. I'm not harassing. You can almost like, I mean, am I harassing? I don't, I don't think I'm harassing anybody. Am I? I don't think so. But, you know, people are upset about that exchange. I think that's because it's a black student and there was a white uh, bureaucrat that this has something to do with race or whatever. And it's, there's, there's been a hashtag uh, it's bigger than it's bigger than KSU. You know this whole debate. How many people are like me at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven? What jumped out at me isn't the arrogant jerk, rude bureaucrat, and she certainly is, but it's the student. I'm not harassing no one. I'm not harassing nobody, dude. You're in college. What? The, what? This is basic noun verb agreement. I'm not harassing no one. Oh, what? What? You can go to college with those verbal skills. Oh, absolutely. You can go to college with those verbal skills. In fact, you can graduate from college with those verbal skills without a doubt. And that is the problem. And what's his major? And and I don't want, I'm not picking on this guy. I'm not, I mean, he posted the video, so he's kind of made himself available. I don't go around, you know, trolling for people uh, who are in this situation. He just is a, a good stand in for the broader conversation about American college students of all races. Male, female, black, white, it's the same. C students going to college, clogging up the schools, take, sucking up our money, and, uh, in, in, in hurting the quality of college. You know what this guy's major is? Exercise science. My niece, who I love desperately, is finishing up her degree at Clemson University in Parks and recreation. I'm not kidding you. This is a college. Now, admittedly, it's Clemson. So, you know, I mean, pretty much everything they have is like, you know, field plowing and tractor fixing or whatever. That's what uh, you can get a degree in parks and recreation. You can get a degree in exercise science. When you're a society that send that spends tens of thousands of dollars per student so that people who can't conjugate their own verbs can get degrees in parks and exercise. 
Something has gone wildly, wildly wrong. The problem isn't that this guy was treated badly by a bureaucrat. That's called life. The problem is that this guy is in a subsidized college degree in exercise science because he don't want to offend nobody. 844-404-1067 has nothing to do with race. The vast majority of white students get subsidized educations in the state of Georgia and particularly at Kennesaw State University. The majority of most students do. We spend billions of dollars a year on colleges in Georgia and around the country. Is it worth it if this is what you get? When I saw that video, it wasn't the lady that jumped out at me. It was the student and his major. Oh, and the fact that he had to go and have someone tell him. If you read the Twitter feed that follows us, he's trying to find out if a class he's taking will apply towards his major. Dude, look it up. You know, read the school handbook, read the curriculum material. But he can't figure it out. So we have to pay guidance counselors to explain to people what classes they're supposed to take for their major in bicycling and yard raking. That's the problem at Kennesaw State. 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. Well, the Clintons apparently have plenty of money to pay those bills with news that former President Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton reported that they earned more than $30 million since January of last year. In Waco, Texas, at a Twin Peaks restaurant, as many as five criminal motorcycle gangs started fighting over a parking issue. At least nine are now dead. The defendant claimed to be acting on behalf of all Muslims. This was not a religious crime. It was a political crime. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. In two years, I'll be 69. <laughs> Do you like that? Bill told me to tell that to young males. Good morning, it's 1106 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. Renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. So glad that you are part of Atlanta's largest diner table. That's right. This is a conversation that we do. I don't tell you how you're supposed to vote or how you're supposed to think. I'm just going to tell you what I see, what I think. And I hope I will hear from you at 844-404-1067. If you want to be part of the conversation about any of the topics that we've covered this morning, whether it's the fact that the Georgia State Police are actually finally cracking down with the slowpoke law, ticketing people for driving the speed limit in the left-hand lane of the interstate. It is almost always not just a crime, but a sin against God to drive the speed limit in the left-hand lane. 844-404-1067. And how would you respond if you got a ticket like that? We've also been talking uh, about my experience out with the Weekly Standard group in Colorado where a guy, a big guy in a Hillary, excuse me, in a Liz Warren for president T-shirt showed up and announced that since we're conservatives, he knows we're a bunch of haters who have loser blue collar jobs. And I'm just wondering if you've had those kinds of encounters with our liberal friends on the left. Liberal friends, of course, are always standing up for the middle class because, as Hillary says, we're just everyday people like you. 
Well, she's now running for president. Will you continue to give speeches? Oh, yeah. I, I got to pay our bills. Well, the Clintons apparently have plenty of money to pay those bills with news that former President Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton reported that they earned more than $30 million since January of last year. More than $25 million of that coming from speaking fees. Yeah, just like the rest of us, $30 million in a year and a half. Actually, less than a year and a half. Everyday people just like you. Maybe that's why Hillary's working so hard to win votes. Hey there, 18 to 25-year-old. How does it all hang? What? In two years, I'll be 69. Do you like that? Bill, uh, Bill told me to tell that to young males. Let's hope that works for you, uh, Hillary, at 844-404-1067. I had a straw poll of the 500 or so uh, Weekly Standard folks who are obviously conservatives, you know, Republicans, on the Republican nominees. And I'll share with you the results of that straw poll coming up later. But without a doubt, one of the biggest uh, stories in the country right now, in fact, it's gone international, the events out in Waco, Texas, involving thugs on bikes erupting in broad daylight close to 200 members of rival biker gangs broke out in a deadly fight sunday first fists chains a club and knives escalating into a fierce gun battle in waco texas at a twin peaks restaurant as many as five criminal motorcycle gangs started fighting over a parking issue at least nine are now dead and nearly 20 more injured some customers and employees taking cover in the restaurant's freezer so people forced into the freezer, people at the restaurants across the street had to cower behind car, cars because five different rival biker gangs got together. And uh, the police were pretty uh, shocked about what they saw there. We were in marked cars. They knew we were here. It mattered not to them. That tells you the kind of level of people that we're dealing with. And it was an ugly scene there at the Twin Peaks restaurant in Waco, Texas. I personally have been up to the scene. It is a pretty gruesome scene. Um, there is a lot of evidence there to process, which includes dead bodies, shell casings, knives, clubs, and other paraphernalia that is up there as well. And, you know, after this story broke, and obviously it's horrific, the good news is that everybody who died and was injured, was they were all part of the biker gangs. No random passers-by. Fortunately, no cops. The only officer who had to be hospitalized had a heat exhaustion issue. Some of the, the, the these thugs were killed by cops. And my Twitter feed has been full of a really interesting conversation that goes something like this. Michael, if you'd had a couple hundred black people get together and you had a fight like this, people would be talking about black culture and black violence, blah, blah. Well, here you got a couple hundred people getting together and shooting it out. Where's the conversation about biker culture, about white dudes on motorcycles? And this is where it gets interesting. So one of the arguments about what's going on in inner city is, well, look at these you know, young men. Look at, look at how they dress and what they listen to. They want to act like gangsters, even though they're, you know, they're just high school kids. But you know, they dress up. They want, in other words, something's wrong with them for you know, grasping a violent you know, gangsta rap culture. Who do you see on the weekends here in Atlanta, Georgia, rolling around their Harleys? Chubby middle-aged guys with black leather vests with Hell's Angel on the back. They got the loop keychain wallet holder thing, you know, so in case they have to, like, lasso a GNU while they're riding. I don't know. They have this huge chain. They've got the biker feet. They, they are emulating this biker culture. You see bikers on the road, and you, what you see are wannabe 
bike, you know, gang guys, wannabe gangsters for biker gangsters. Where's the conversation about biker violence, biker, biker culture? 192 arrests, nine people dead, dozens more shot or stabbed or beaten. I mean, I got to tell you, if you're going to if you're going to call out the, you know, 16 year old kid in in AP, you know, Atlanta Public Schools, APS, wearing his, you know, whatever, pants down and the hoodie and the, you know, the the rap thing. Why aren't you calling out the 55 year old biker gang banger wannabe guy? Because isn't that the culture they're spying to? Isn't what these guys do kind of the heart of the American bike, you know, uh, motorcyclist biker culture, is that you're j- just like most raps. People who listen to rap would never be a gangster. They'd never be violent. Most motorcycle guys would never be violent. Never showing up with a. But do they have the tats and the bling and the leather and the hat and the boots and the knives? Isn't what we saw in Waco? All you weekend motorcycle. Harley Road Warriors, isn't this the culture that you aspire to or emulate? 844-404-1067. What's the difference between uh, rap culture and biker culture? And if there's no difference, why are so many middle-aged white Christians in Georgia happily donning their leather vests and heading out on the road? You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. They knew we were here, mattered not to them. That tells you the kind of level of people that we're dealing with. Good morning, it's 1121, half an hour away from the lunch line. Your chance to win free lunch from Village Tavern. That was the voice of Waco Police Sergeant uh, Patrick Swanton talking about just how egregious the bikers were as they uh, gathered. And uh, eventually the fight broke out. Nine dead, 192 arrested uh, guns, knives, boots, chains, the whole bit. In other words, biker culture on display, right? 844-404-1067. So where is the denunciation of biker culture? Where are the people bemoaning that middle-class suburban white guys climb on their Harleys on the weekend to go out and be pretend bikers? The same way we bemoan that kids in Baltimore listen to rap music and dress like pretend uh, gangsters. Where is the uh, the equivalence. It's a question I've been asked a lot. I got to tell you, I don't know that I have an answer at 844-404-1067. Maybe Gene can help. Gene, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Good morning, Michael. Morning. How you doing? doing I, I listen to you every day and, you know, 50% of the time I agree with you, 50% of the time I probably don't. That's good. But uh, I've been writing since I was 15. I'm 60 now. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say, you know, biker gangs are what they call the one percenters. They're 1% of bikers that are, they think they're above the law. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us, the 99% of the rest of us, are, are not affiliated or even desire to be anything like these biker gangs, which are, they just happen to ride motorcycles. They're gangsters, mm-hmm. but they just happen to ride motorcycles. Those of us that ride all the time are not trying to emulate them, not trying to copy them. Um, there's well, nothing like Sons of Anarchy on TV or something like that. May I ask a question? Uh, may I, may yes, I ask a question? Because, and by the way, yes. just so you know, my grandfather uh, rode his Harley until he was too ill to ride it. His Both his sons are, are, guy, are uh, bike guys. Always All Harleys. Right. Oh, my God, he would be horrified 
if they wrote anything not American made. But why is it that so many of the guys I see riding past my car and weekends, whatever, are wearing biker gang wannabe paraphernalia? Why are they wearing the flat black leather hats and the vests and the boots the same way that rap you know, fans wear their rap gear, isn't it? That don't you have a significant number of guys who kind of want to pretend, you know, play biker, pretend gang? You I, see what I'm saying? Is you got to well, admit that's yeah, part know, of the group? Yeah, I know what you're saying about the leather. Now, I, I don't wear leather anymore because it's hot, and it's heavy, and mm-hmm. it doesn't protect as well as the the, the motorcycle gear I ride sure. now. But uh, a lot of them are caught up in the culture. There, you know, there are a lot of rubs, you know, rich urban bikers that ride strictly ah. on the weekend. There's st- we call them storefront bikers, you know, <laughs> that they buy their gear to look like sure. what they want to look like. But they're, you know, they're, they're the guys that will go to a, uh, a biker event, say, or a motorcycle event, whether they call mm-hmm. it that, say, say, in Cherokee, North Carolina. And they'll be from North Georgia, and they'll put their motorcycle on the trailer and trailer it to Cherokee. <laughs> Uh, and that's not motorcycle riding. That's not biking. And right. and either way, and and they'll get there and they'll and they'll have a road bike. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, something like a road king or an ultra classic. that's made to travel. Sure. So these these are guys that that are just totally phony anyhow. But when it comes to the the one percenters, you know, they wear colors. You know, their vests sure. and their their patch on the back is called colors. Nobody that knows anything about motorcycle riding that is a motorcycle rider would dare wear colors on the back unless they wore a member of that 1% game. Gene, Gene, I appreciate your call at 844-404-1067, but i got to say I'm not quite satisfied your answer about the pretend, the one. In other words, I, I, of course only one, you know, a small percentage of, of, of bikers are uh, you know, involved in gangs. Just like a uh, small percentage of uh, black Americans are involved in crime. And a small, not small enough, but a small percentage of uh, teenage black kids in Baltimore or Ferguson are involved in crime. And yet, you, and this is what I'm getting hit with in my Twitter timeline. That's why I'm sharing it with you from people who are, you know, concerned about you know, policing and, and, and balance and the treatment of uh, black citizens by the cops. who are saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I saw all this stuff about, oh, my gosh, look at that terrible culture over there. There's a culture problem over there. Well, here you have nine people dead, 192 arrested, and no one's saying anything about culture? No one's saying anything about, you know, the root causes or anything? Nobody? Uh, and so it's, it's, I, think, I think it's a legitimate question to ask, which is why I'm running it past you at 844-404-1067. Talk about real bikers. I mean, my grandfather uh, did the biking camping out thing. He had like a little mini like a trailer thing that would go on the back of his Harley. So he could go up and down the PC, uh, Pacific Coast Highway. And he'd find a spot and he wanted to stop. And he had like a little bit of camping gear in there. And he'd just camp out. He, I mean, he was a true Harley guy. And both of his sons are too. And one of them's a cop and one's a former deputy who now is an EMT. So they're obviously not, uh, you know, gangbangers or anything. But they, uh, without, they, when the conversation comes up, roll their eyes at the biker wannabes. That guy's nothing to do with a gang. Are you kidding me? That guy's an accountant from a bank somewhere. But why would you want to act like you're a gang, biker gang guy? Doesn't that say something about the culture? Or is this a, or do we have different standards depending on who it is who's emulating a violent culture? Interesting question. Look forward to your answers. I'm Michael Graham. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.